Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee Podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of February 13th, 2024. Happy belated Valentine's Day when you hear this, I believe. Uh, I did the usual thing. I follow Haley Anderson's advice. I called a local florist. I told them how much I wanted to spend. And flowers are coming tomorrow, which should all work out nicely. It's the best way to do things. But even if you don't have anyone and you're just listening to us out there, I'll be your Valentine. So don't worry about it. If you don't want me to be your Valentine, I offer Kamish. Kamish, <laughs> I actually offered you today for another job I'll talk about later on. Because I saw that. Uh, another conference needs a commissioner. They're having a breakup, and I offered you as a part-time commish. That's your job title. You can do any commissioning. I'll be your part-time commissioner. That oh, sounds like yeah. Usher, sounds like an Usher song. That oh, actually yeah. does sound like an Usher song. I was Folks, going for the Stevie Wonder part-time lover, but okay. Oh, that works too. Yes. Folks, I'm Jordan. With me tonight, I've got Kamish, Pit Girl, Beth, and Arthur on the ones and twos. Beth, how are you? Less is Bantamps. Less is Bantamps indeed. Are you are you feeling very neutral or are you feeling sidewalk today? Um, I'm feeling neutral today. There we go. I do not live in a place with sidewalks, so I I I don't cotton to that. Pit girl, how are you? Pit basketball has won in Charlottesville for the first time in 50 years. Let's Five fucking zero? go. Five zero. Jesus. Well, you weren't in the same conference for a lot of that. No, still, no, but still. So, second win at UVA ever. Um, and pit basketball, they keep doing the thing. We might see them in March. So get hype. Get hype. Kamish, how are you, sir? I'm good. It's it's Mardi Gras day. Um, having, having a good time. It was very... For me, it's it's kind of like, yeah, it's Mardi Gras. And I'm like, yeah, I'm in San Antonio. <laughs> Not the same. So it's just like, oh, so I try to make it Mardi Gras. You know, I, I play the music. I do all the things and, you know, try to celebrate. And then I I, I stare at my work computer. I'm like, I, I should be off. Like, I should not have work today. I should be out on a parade route somewhere. I am not meant to be working on Mardi Gras Day. Uh, but other than that, it, it was pretty good. Uh, I got to, you know, celebrate with the two kids to to do the little Mardi Gras thing, which um, he's got the, it's like a Ford Ranger, like power wheel thingy. Yeah, I've seen that. And then we put the one-year-old next to him. And so they, and then he would throw like beads. <laughs> so we had a little parade. I would do that. And some of the neighbors were just like, oh, it's so cute. And I'm like. You know that's that's the parade. I got my kiddos parade today. It was the only one. It uh it, it rolled on my street, which is kind of turns into um. I have like one of the short streets in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. that goes into a cul-de-sac that you can only get out the the opposite way. Yeah. So it doesn't like end. You're like no, you have to take a left. Uh, so I don't know. It's the the uh, I don't want to give my street name away because this is a podcast. And yeah, so it was a good time. I had some fun. And got to just enjoy, I guess, just a little San Antonio Mardi Gras. Maybe I'll get them back to New Orleans soon enough to let the, the kiddos experience it for themselves. What does Mardi Gras look like for children? Like, what do you like? I Is there, is there like a PG version? Do you go to like a 10 a.m.? Well, like going to 10 a.m. mass or something? So, so like Mardi Gras. Matinee Gras. <laughs> what everybody what everybody associates with Mardi Gras is probably those those horrible girls gone wild videos, uh, or just straight Bourbon Street or Canal a, a Canal Street. It's just a madhouse of tourists and everything like that. 
that's the end of each parade. Okay. There's the local section, which is which I was trying to explain previously uh, gotcha. on the last podcast, the neutral ground side and the sidewalk side. It, it's the locals. It's the the people that live in New Orleans go to this side. So you don't get too many tourists on this side in Uptown. And then you kind of take your families there. The kids, they get put in these weird ladders. Okay, it, so I was, I was going to yeah. ask you about the ladders yeah. because there was, there was a to-do about people having too many ladders or... They were like trying to reserve spots for ladders. I don't know what this was. Oh, people try to put their ladders to claim spots on the parade route. Oh, it's uh, like the parking oh. chair. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. So they try to do that. It's like the parking chair, but for the parade route on the neutral ground or the sidewalk side, either side. Uh, Using Warner ladders, the official ladder of the NCAA tournament, not a sponsor. I, I mean, they could sponsor us for March Madness. Go right ahead. Uh, those ladders are really expensive, by the way. Uh, really expensive. Yes. Yeah, so just like, God, I had to buy one the other, uh, like a couple months ago. I was like, Jesus Christ. Uh, but no, it's basically they try to reserve the seats. They put the kids up in the little basket on top of the ladder that you, you fashion. And then the kids just get like stuff thrown at them all parade long yeah. and they love it. Uh, they're getting like stuffed animals. They're getting like, you know, beads and and the parents are trying to catch it for the kids and just give it to the kids and put it there. So the kids love it. It's just like the best thing ever. And then you have all these beads that you have no idea what to do with. Uh, just put them in the attic. Sure. Uh, that'll resolve itself eventually, but yeah, really (laughs) it's kids Mardi Gras. It's, it's kind of PG on that side. There is still an element of rated R. You know, that can show at any time uptown, which you, you got to watch out for that. But there's not going to be the X-rated shows that you would see uh, yeah, like that's, on Bourbon Street. That's what you figure, right. Yeah. Yeah, you got to uh, go to ESPN for that. Yeah. I, I was, God, sorry about that. <laughs> for I the was sugar gonna, bowl. <laughs> sending someone out to reserve a spot with a ladder reminds me of when I worked in D.C. and We had a softball game. We would send interns out at noon to go sit on the softball diamonds. <laughs> Because you like first come first serve, so you send the interns out. Yeah, that's what interns are for. Right, they're not people; they're just interns. You had a question uh, about Mardi Gras, Arthur? Yeah, um, I was just kind of thinking about this and wondering: um, is like, if you're not Catholic, is like Mardi Gras like cultural appropriation? If you do that, because I feel like the big thing with Mardi Gras, right, is like you're having a big party yeah. because you're not going to party for Lent, right? Like you're you're doing all of the fun stuff now because you're not going to have fun. Is it like, I, I don't know. I was just thinking about this personally because I'm not Catholic. Like I'm obviously I don't keep Lent at all. Is it like, like, I don't, maybe cultural appropriation isn't the right word, but I feel like I haven't earned Mardi Gras if I'm not doing Lent, if that makes sense. Makes sense. I will say that I have known many people who are not Catholic who still observe things for Lent um, to the point that I, living in South Central Pennsylvania, occasionally get asked what I am giving up for Lent. And my answer is always the same. I am just giving up for Lent. I'm just giving up. I'm just uh, man, we're back to the we're back to Keisha Pan's The Awakening. I'm just going to give up. I'm just going to walk into the ocean. Good lord! <laughs> no, it, it's, it always goes back to Keisha Pan for some reason. I, I back to Arthur's question, but no, I really, I don't think it's cultural appropriation. It's it's a celebration. Everybody's invited. Enjoy it. If you're not doing the Lent thing, that's fine. If you're not doing the can't eat meat on Fridays thing, fine. Uh, if you're not getting the ashes, 
whatever. Not all Catholics get the ashes. There are a lot of Catholics that just basically are Easter Christmas Catholics. Some are even less than that. Um, some went to uh, all boys Catholic school in high school and, and feel that they have built up a credit for the rest of their lives. Some on this podcast, I, this, maybe. Yeah, I mean, this, sure. Yeah, this for me has always felt like, I mean, yeah, there's plenty of non-Christians who are going to go out and buy Cadbury eggs. And there's lots of lots of non-Christians who are going to celebrate Christmas and do Santa pictures. And that's totally cool. Like, I like the fact that the only big things about Christianity that we're exporting to everyone, ideally, are the fun things. <laughs> Can we bounce off the Lent thing into something else? Absolutely. Yes. What can you explain to me as as a Catholic, as someone who was Catholic, is Catholic whatever you are, Kamesh, why are certain things like alligator considered fish for Lent? Do you know? Oh Jesus. Okay. Um <laughs> my God. Do we need to summon official pastor of the podcast, Jason Kirk, for I, I, this? Well, no, he's not. He's not Catholic. Catholic. He's not Catholic. So I, I um, you know, he's. I'm sorry. Official Catholic liaison, Ryan Nanny. Ryan Nanny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, uh, no, seriously. It would either be Ryan Nanny, probably, or my mom. So the the, <laughs> the technical term what they try to use is land mammal, or mm-hmm. like land animal. You can't have that. So technically, an alligator doesn't live on land. It's in the water. It's swimming. So you can do that. And it's a reptile. It's also cold-blooded. Yeah. That's yeah it's also cold-blooded. Yes. Uh, uh, you, can ha- you can have snake during Lent. Yes. Well, there you go. There you go. App- apparently, beaver is also okay for Lent. That's because it's cherry-flavored. Platypus okay for Lent? Uh, you Not know, they don't, they don't want to deprive the Catholics of Bucky's during Lent. That's yeah. Okay. Eat of eat of my nuggets. And <laughs> eat, eat, eat of my nuggets. Eat this and eat my nuggets. <laughs> for it is my body that I've given up. Uh, apparently, also capybaras are fine. <laughs> Although I don't know if I want to eat a capybara. I, I don't know, man. It doesn't it doesn't look appealing. It's a big guinea pig. Guinea pigs are a thing people eat sometimes. Uh, muskrats are okay as well. Is it just because anything that's a rodent? So apparently, no. Like, apparently, those are rodents are are a game because. They have fingers. Oh man, but yeah, like I, the idea. Oh, armadillo apparently is okay as well. well that's, See, that's I, all of a sudden, I feel like we're starting to cut like corners here. Puffin yeah, is okay. I think there's there's that's like hard. a there is. Would you say puffin is okay? Well, Wait. I mean, I, I got to go to the Falkland Islands for that one. So uh, apparently, in the seventh, in the Archbishop of Rouen in the 17th century declared that monks. The northern coast of France should end the practice of eating puffins, small seabirds, during the Lenten season, saying it did not fall in line with the practice of abstinence. But after making the decision, there was an investigation into whether the small birds should be allowed during Lent. Medical doctors in Rouen argued that the biological and nutritional qualities of puffins made them more like fish than birds. I, I don't think... Hey, hey, scientists of the 17th century, I don't think you got it right. Google has not provided any insight onto if platypus is okay during Lent. Australian Catholics... If you follow us, please sound off in the comments. I want to know. I love, I, I love like there's theories that like, you know, these, you know, they wanted to support the, the seafood folks during the cold months. And that's why, that's why we're eating fish. We're frying fish during Lent. I mean, keep in mind that like for the longest time, Catholics were not no meat on Fridays. Year oh, round. Right. And then yeah. Lent like, it was 
yeah. no meat. And All then, the like, I think, what was it? Pope John Paul II? Like, was it? Like, Vatican II, man. Vatican, Vatican II. II wrecked everything. Vatican II? Vatican okay. II electric boogaloo. That's right. It was just like, no, just during Lent. And th- this is like Which the only. Word that's in English. This is the only. <laughs> this is the only Catholic thing I do. Like I do Google the Mardi Gras. Is the I do the Mardi Gras. I do the no eat meat, and I try to give up something for Lent. This is like what I do. Like I rarely, rarely go to church. Um, it, but this is like the only thing that I do. It's like it's it's time for Catholic challenge time. Of <laughs> I I, <laughs> I think it's all I do. I don't know why. One of the weird things, and Beth will back me up on this, is that when you study music, you also become sort of a minor expert in Catholic theology because you have to, because you have to, because so much of written music starts with the Catholic church. And so that therefore that sort of becomes the starting point for like written music history. Mm -hmm. So you like, I know big chunks of Latin mass. I know all these things and man, it's all Mm -hmm. useless. And then you become one of the, well, you know how to give the Guidonian high five. Like, sorry, that was the worst joke. I think I've ever made on this. It was good. The the worst part is that you become like I'm sort of some weird like trad calf in terms of I want my mass to be such a specific way in Latin, <laughs> but I don't have like trad calf brain. But I'm also yeah. like it should be in Latin and there should be three dudes facing the wall. It's Jordan it's out here mixer. like return with a V, but only for this. Right, like that's I you know like oh I you know fucking get the guitars out of church. Bring in the choirs. I'll tell you what, the people in the no context image chat are going to have themselves a time tonight. Oh, I haven't even been looking. What are you guys putting in there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Guido hand. The hand of Guido. Yes. It's a a music thing. It's all music things. Oh, I know what this is. There's a guy on TikTok that sings things. Oh, he does it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that that the hand survived in the Middle Ages because it does look like witchcraft. It does. Everything looks like witchcraft. Y'all, I don't want to start with a downer besides, you know, Lent, which I guess is the ultimate downer. I don't know. No, Easter is the ultimate downer. No, uh, I think Good, good, good Friday. Good Friday is the ultimate downer. downer. Yeah. I mean, I would say that Holy Saturday is the ultimate downer just because nothing goes down. Yeah, well, that's the one you're not allowed to do mass it's on. Sad on, and on, you can't do anything. Yeah, you can't do mass on Holy Saturday. But then... But then all the brass players get jobs on Sundays, but no one wants to fucking hire a bassoon player because bassoon's not a fucking Easter instrument. I Tell me know. about it. I Look, I would be happy to play your Easter service on my saxophone. Yeah. What says... That's a very French thing. It's a, it sounds aggressively French. Mm-hmm. I, used to, I used to go to a mariachi mass for Easter whenever Alana was still going like still going to church. We would go to mariachi mass in South Texas when she visited me, and it was great. Those amens that. on trumpets and guitars are fucking amazing. That's wonderful. Uh, I, get, I don't want to bring things down, but we did have a death this week that we need to cover. He did not die today, but just the news broke today. William Bill Post, the inventor of the Pop-Tart, passed away. And according to his obituary, which I have, I'm reading right now, apparently he did not invent it. Bill would say, quote, I assembled an amazing team that developed Kellogg's concept of a shelf-stable toaster pastry into a fine product that we could bring to market in the span of just four months. That is poetry, sir. He has uh, rode off into pastry Valhalla along with strawberry. Two in every pack? Yeah, there's another one. There must be another William Bill post. Uh, apparently, he also married his high school sweetheart Aww. and was, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, has like great grandchildren and everything. So, seemed to be a pretty okay dude. Born in 1927. Time traveler. 
and then he died in 2024. So that makes me sad, but his invention of what did they originally call it? It was, it was like fruit scone, toaster scone, whatever it was. Fruit scone. Fruit scone and tried to make the apple currant flavor that didn't work, but you know what? He lived to see it brought to life and then cooked to death. And then, and then consumed. Again, we're back at Catholicism again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait for those Easter posts. Oh, I'm, oh, I, all of a sudden I had a whole set of Easter posts I have in my head now, y'all. It's going to cover the whole weekend. Okay, so we have that. And there's something I didn't cover last time that I want to talk about. Y'all, because Cannibals is eternal. If you don't know what Cannibals is, listeners, in our Discord, from long before we, like the Sigma community started, there was Cannibals. And even before our Discord, there was, uh, the Shutdown Fullcast used to open Slack. Yep. A, 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 just a Slack chat, like a Slack server on weekends. And there was a, there is a channel called Cannibals. It's about animals and cooking and cans and everything. And there's lots of food crimes in there. And these things happen. I think Gatorade cornbread was the first one I was a part of, and that was at least several years ago. <laughs> but Taco Bell is out here having like Apple-type presentations for their new menu items, and they have a Baja Blast pie coming on the menu. I'm sorry, what? Yeah, I'm going to get oh, you a picture of this. Oh, wait, guy. there's more. They have uh, a ahead. Baja Blast gelato. Yeah. Mm. And they apparently also have like cinnamon, like cinnamon Twizzlers with Baja Blast dust on them, hmm. which I think if you get into your lungs will kill you. And I dropped in the chat the Baja Blast pie. It looks aggressively green. Like when I fuck up the coloring on a key lime pie, that's what it looks like to me. But that's, that's is- the right Baja Blast color. Oh, it is. You, you extruded Oscar the Grouch into a pastry shell. Yes. Juice, juice to Oscar, yes. And this is, it's giving Rosita. Oscar's a little, little like leafier in in green. Yes, I see. I I am I am too old at this point. I I know only only the old ones. My question is: since, Oh my lord! Since, yeah, there's the Baja Blast Gelato too. Apparently, since you can't come. I oh, want that. Okay, so that's the that's the kind of food that if you eat this, you need to like write a note for yourself on your hand. Or later on, you were going to think you have undergone a terrible medical cal- calamity. Apparently, the Baja Blast gelato already came out, uh, okay. but in a limited location in Southern California. Boo. Uh, because Boo. because well, uh, they just tested it for a little bit because I was able to find a YouTube video with, you know, the the classic YouTube caption video. I- I'll just leave it there. It did apparently uh, preview at. <laughs> Taco Bell near UC Irvine. So Anteaters had first shot at this. Congrats, Anteaters. Yeah, when they ate it, they said Zot. They said Zot. It fucking Zotted them. So you can't buy Baja Blast syrup commercially. That is a that is a trade secret. So you'd have to then reduce down Baja Blast. And I'm trying to think of how much you would need to reduce. Because I've reduced down things like Dr. Pepper before. For, for syrups and cocktails and things like that. I produce down uh, uh, Mexican Coke or kosher Coke. But I don't know that I have a pan I'm willing to get rid of because I know what's going to happen. I'm going to walk away from three seconds and that moment it's going to go from like 
bubbly green liquid to just smoking black char that I will never be able to clean. Oh, no. I have a Baja Blast scented monster in my kitchen now. Oh, I, yeah. And smoke I it. have cookware I'm willing to sacrifice to the cause. There we go. I can't. I got spares of everything. You know that. You have a you have a crock pot that it, it, it's time for it to to. I don't know that I'd use a crock pot for that. That mm. that's a huge sacrifice. Oh, but I, I just, have oh. I've got some saucepans that like they could shuffle off this mortal coil. I just had this idea of you in crock pots. You can make like hot chocolate and keep it warm, mm-hmm. and just like oh go go pour yourself a cup of warm Baja Blast. It's it's cold outside. You're uh, in for the you winter. Mold spiced Baja Blast. Now, yes. now, now you got me thinking of Baja Blast colored chocolate covered strawberries for Valentine's Day. Oh, that like neon green? Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With a okay. little drizzle. You know, you just dip the strawberries in it, you know, for your Valentine. So, the Baja so, Blastentine. I feel if, like this is like, I feel like well, right now, I know we're doing this on our own podcast, but I feel like this is going to be a full cast bit. Like their show will come out on Wednesday, and then we'll talk about this. Yeah, of course. Like, It'll just be then, like, it's fine. Know, it's, it's just, I feel like that's they're just gonna talk about the pie and why didn't they make the crust, the Baja Blast crust? You know, if, if <laughs> one of us on this podcast, hypothetically, has never had Baja Blast, how would you describe this thing to this person? Hypothetically, I, I would describe it as sort of a key lime flavor. Yeah. Um, if the person has had key lime LaCroix, it's like that, but with like so much sugar in it. Like so much. Huh. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to say caffeinated Sprite, but it's a different flavored Sprite. It's It's got a nice uh, artificial blue to it. You know? Okay. Definitely there. So make make a combination. That you said lime, right? It's so, going to call it tropical lime. So I'm going to say it's like, it's kind of like a combination of like, you say it's kind of like lemon lime, but it's got a, a different kick to it instead that gives it the blue. So maybe a little blueberry, maybe a little kiwi, Probably maybe some a blue little, raspberry, some blue raspberry, artificial flavory. Um, also like 700 milligrams of caffeine. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for helping this hypothetical person. They, they do make, they do not make decaf Baja Blast. They do make sugar-free Baja Blast though, which is nice. Well, I guess we need to talk about college football fangs. And the first one is y'all, the PAC 12 has formally begun the process of separating from commissioner George Klyakov. Congrats on your conscious uncoupling. I, I, <laughs> I want to know what golden parachute this guy's getting. Like this is this is the you know the couple that like we know you've been separate you've been sleeping in separate rooms for years we know this separating is such a weird term to use here like I feel like usually when a commissioner is no longer the commissioner of a conference the word fired is used why wouldn't they just decommission the commissioner right <laughs> like he's a why can't, why can't you have a commission the USS Kliavikov has been decommissioned. We've and been, it will now sit in the San Diego Harbor. Yeah, like we've been storing our spent commissioners in North Dakota for years. <laughs> we, we we simply put him in a large concrete uh, tomb and then bury him under Yucca Mountain in Nevada. Yeah, there is nothing of value here. Turn back. This was Stop. not a sacred place. <laughs> Someday he'll be inert. <laughs> in several thousands of years, that's fine. 
What is the half-life of a Pac-12 commissioner? Not not as long as you think, apparently. This is so bizarre because... Yeah, of course you're going to fucking begin separating from him. He doesn't have a conference anymore. He ran this thing into the ground. That he's still getting paid blows my mind. Like, we are five people who, you know, make somewhere between zero and not a whole lot of money total. And this fucker is being paid to do his job badly and continue to do so. As always, we're available. You can have all five of us and it will still cost less than him. Yes, five people doing the job of one. It's fine. We're like Voltron. Can we be like the head? Can we be just like the Pac-2 commissioner? There we go. I'll form the head. (laughs) I'm a leg. This feels right. Yeah, no, this is good. I started watching... My kid was like, we should watch Power Rangers because he heard it at school. And I was like, well, let's watch. God damn it. Uh, <laughs> he was, I was like, well, let's watch the original Power Rangers. And y'all, I, I can't even watch it. It's so bad. It's so cheesy. Like, I, I it just, pains me. I'm truly surprised that your your kid heard about Power Rangers at school. How did that happen? Because they're still showing, like, there's still new episodes. Oh, yeah. There's like, there. se- it's like season 30 at this point. Oh, yeah. Holy! Crap. How much does it throw you off that um, the Yellow Ranger is clearly a dude? Now that I know it, and I see it. It's very clear. As a kid, I did not know. You cannot it. unsee that. No, once you see it, you cannot unsee the fact that the Yellow Ranger definitely is a guy. Because he doesn't R- have the cute little skirt. R.I.P. Thoi Trang. Yeah. So, backing up, besides our Voltron here. The Pac-12 is going to exist how next year exactly? Has has that been clear? Because I like to think of it more as like an autonomous self-governing collective. This is the 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 autonomous oblast of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. Because they're parking all their other sports in the West Coast Conference. Our except first for, utopian co- conference. Except for baseball, I think. Uh, Oregon, baseball, Oregon State out. is going to be independent in baseball. Uh Washington State will, be, State will be still in the WCC. Okay. Um, but that's because I think because Oregon State has like a big baseball history. Or, Oregon, yeah. State Oregon State's is, good is, at baseball. He's got a really good baseball team. Um, I think so they have a national gonna, title or two. They're going to cobble together a schedule of, okay, that's, that makes sense. Yeah. But and in the football, they have this sort of like agreement with the Mountain West. Plus some of the some of the Big Ten West Coast schools that they'll be playing, which again is funny. Yeah, this is weird. You're making and, me make the scrunch face again. Well, I so thought I was free of conference realignment scrunch face. Well, let me back. let me help you with this because more news came out today about the Pac-12 saying that they're just going to keep their old bowl tie-ins for the next year at least. So remember, so, wait, no, our, our thing about like the two Oregon State and Washington State having to fulfill every bowl tie-in that's happening. I've no, never been more excited. No, I I wish. No, they're gonna like all of the schools that are leaving are just going to keep the old tie-ins for next uh, year. What the fuck? No. Right. So so a pack, so a school that used to be in the Pac-12 is still going to have a spot in the Alamo Bowl. Oh, I can't wait for this to like create an accidental conference game. It's going to. Like especially when I mean, going forward it's going to have to. And I think the I think the Bulls have said that they're going to try to pair up teams that have not played during the regular season, which is still a conference game. It still can't, it doesn't count. But yeah, they announced today that they're just going to hold the old tie-ins so the sun bowl is still going to have a former pac-12 team in it 
I just wish in the immortal the words choice. of that one Syracuse fan in the GIF. This is so fucking stupid. Yes. Woo. Woo. Someone had to, even though I don't feel like it. Can I ask a dumb question? I mean, it's all we do on here, but go ahead. Why do we still have bull tie-ins? Like that's that's a thing, right? Like, like, like why? I say this as a West Virginia fan that's been shuff- shuffled off to Texas and Arizona like crazy mm-hmm. in the past several years, and suddenly you put us in North Carolina and a whole crap ton of us show up. Like, why? Why do we have this? Increasingly, as conferences make no geographic sense, why are we doing this? Just have the Bulls draft teams. It everyone would watch. It's a big TV show anyway. Well, and the thing with West Virginia this year is they like ripped up the bull tie-in to get them to yep. Charlotte. Like they oh, were ex- supposed exactly. to be there. It the was only not- way that, yeah, like the only way West Virginia can go to a bull game that's anywhere near West Virginia is for the roof to cave in on bull tie-ins. Yeah, well, and I mean, I would say like when it comes to the group, I have a lot of complaints about group of five bull tie-ins and that it's all kind of a soup. But it's all kind of an ESPN event soup. But the one kind of benefit there is that you're not locked into specific contractual things, right? I mean, conferences, right. they have a contractual thing where, like, this is how many tie-ins, like, this is how many teams ESPN needs to take. But, like, it's they got a whole pool of, of teams and they can just send them wherever. Um, yeah, I know, like, also as, as Pitt fans, like, Pitt fans, a lot of them are very frustrated uh, with ACC bowl tie-ins, not necessarily because of the specific ACC bowls, but I feel like if you talk to a lot of people around Pitt, right? Like, where do you want to go for a bowl? You want to go south. And the problem is for all of the bowls that are like south and easy to get to, there are closer ACC teams and ACC fan bases. So like right. it will never, like Pitt's never going to get picked for, like the Mayo Bowl or the Gator Bowl or the, the the one in Orlando that's not the Citrus Bowl, the other one. Yeah. Like they're just never going to get there because there's always going to be in like a more attractive, closer ACC fan base. So like that's why Pitt's always playing either in, um, well, when, when Pitt makes a bowl game, it's always stuff like the Pinstripe Bowl or, or, or stuff that's not in a warm area or it's something that's, out or west su- or like sun the bowl, sun bowl you get or the holidays yeah, something like that where it's el paso yeah yeah i mean like there's there, it's just like you know i don't know if getting rid of bull tie-ins would fix that because pit would still be further from where i think a lot of pit fans want to go for bowl games than a oh. lot of other college football teams but it's you, you i feel like Birmingham. with these games that like no, now especially not again the, now that they don't have traditional matchups for any of these like actual like what are now going to be playoff games right like the rose bowl the sugar bowl like all these games aren't going to have their traditional tie-ins like the games even further below them like man like i feel like those tie-ins matter even less the concern that i have about 86 and bowl tie-ins completely is twofold and These are both of these things are also already problems now, but still something to consider is that if you make this just a like, okay, you get to draft, you have a picking order, you are going to end up with like all of the G5s are only ever going to play other G5s more than Mm -hmm. likely. And schools like Pitt, who for a variety of reasons, including the ones that Arthur just articulated, where Pitt either got sent to Annapolis or New York or El Paso 
Um, bowls do want to have butts in seats and there are schools that are perceived to not show up for bowl games. And even if the team is deserving, they will drop in the draft order because the bowl isn't going to think that they're going to sell enough tickets. And that like sort of further devalues bowl season. If you're the kind of person who like looks at bowl season in that way, which like to some degree I am, um, but not like the old heads who are like, back in my day, there were only 10 teams who went to a bowl game and it meant something. Um, I so. would I would honestly, I would prefer to watch my cat pull the team names out of a bucket to determine who is playing who than the current mechanism that we have. Yeah, fair. The TV show is definitely way too long. ESPN, stop doing this. The bowls, by the way, that are have the Pac-12 affiliations are, of course, Alamo, Vegas, Holiday Sun, LA, and Independence. So once we get those, this is going to be an issue for the next two years, it looks like. And so those same teams, even though they haven't been in the conference for two years, will still be holding conference tie-ins. Again, something that they could have planned for when they demolished the conferences months ago. But... We're just figuring it out now. Sure. We'll just make shit up as we go along. That's Let's too much work things. for the bowl commissioners, you know? Yeah. Too much work. Whatever. I, I, I'll be a bowl commissioner. We got to get our own bowl first, though. Or or just sign on to someone else's. Those A lot of those uh, bowls have like 40 members on their board. You could just show up in a jacket and no one would say anything. True. Just sit and behind the name tag. Colorful blazers are usually available at for reasonable pr prices at Goodwill. So I'm done. I, I I have one that I call the Rage Jacket in my closet. I got it. I picked it up at Goodwill on the way to my bachelor party. It's tweed. It's like fake tweed, and it reeks of lots of things. Montreal mostly, but uh, I wear it whenever I'm going to get turned. You guys have never seen it. I need to bring it out some point. You you were able to get it back into the country. I mean, I bought it in Boston, then drove to Montreal. Oh, okay. Right uh, there is also more Pac-12 news. We are so Pac-12 heavy today, guys. Aren't you excited? Uh, they did. Uh, UCLA did hire a head coach. You mean they, Big Ten? Uh, yeah, sorry, Big Ten. You're right. Ah, right. It's not going to get any better, guys. Nope. They hired uh, Deshaun Foster, who was their running backs coach. He was a former star at the school. He went to high school in orange county he's a local yeah. oh cool uh, and so that's cool i want to show you he was he went to tustin high school which is one of my wife's rival high schools oh. okay and they're the tustin tillers great mascot right mm -hmm. i'm gonna drop their logo in the chat and see if you recognize this logo it, it's a little hard to recognize you might recognize it though. <laughs> it's just it's just texas tech it's just texas tech it's same colors even, it's not even color swapped <laughs> no nope, not even color swapped it's just the same thing uh, I will. I will oh, drop. I however, their, do that. their actual like drawn mascot, of the Tiller. He looks awesome. Looks like a buff dude. I love him. See, that has very Texas A and M energy, it does. and yet also big Nebraska energy. Mm -hmm. Yep. So yeah, so they hired uh, Deshaun Foster, and this is something apparently everyone like in the program is very excited about. The kids, I say kids again. These are all people in their like twenties. They all seem very excited about it too. I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is I don't know. This feels like a want to just keep going with it higher. And if you're UCLA, maybe that's what you want to do. I, I will say that there was some like message board posts uh, along with uh, the RCFB posts that were very very negative about it. 
Um, but you know, it, it seems like the the kids, uh, as you said, the kids, the players were really hyped, and they they basically mobbed him as soon as we, he was announced with the coach, uh, as the coach. I'm sorry, not with the coach, <laughs> announced as the coach. Take two, take two. Uh, but yeah, they mopped him. It was it was a good scene. Uh, all the players seemed hype uh, for him to to take over the head coaching job. He was at the Raiders, uh, which like you know when he took a job with the Raiders and then Chip left and they were just like okay uh, back from the Raiders. So uh, there's this season so was, far, I mean, no, not not the Raiders, the Red Raiders. He went to Tech for a year. No, no, no. He just got hired for the Las Vegas Raiders. And then oh, he like this? UCLA oh, coaching. I didn't. Yes. I didn't realize. That. Yes, I didn't realize he was already out of there. Oh, yeah, he was. Okay. He, like he just left like a couple of weeks ago. So like the, hey, I just I, I got a new job three weeks ago. Oh, now I got another new job. He did the Grandpa Zim- Simpson yes, gift, but in reverse. Yes. So oh, I hope he, he did the Bill O'Brien. He did the Bill O'Brien thing. He did the you know he did all this stuff. It's it's great. The Bobby. All Petrino. I can think about is how much I hope he hadn't moved. Oh yeah, just have to haul all your shit. I mean, back. Vegas oh. to to LA is not too hard. I think maybe he could have commuted. I have no idea, but who knows? But good luck so, to yeah. him. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know what's it going to be like head coach wise, but I mean, good luck. I feel like, oh God, I'm going to say it. I feel like the carousels finally calmed down, guys. Oh my God, Jordan, I feel you like don't get to say this. All, I feel you like know, it's all just calmed down. You know, it's funny, like. um, so since Harvard hired a coach from Rutgers, they had to like promote like coaches um, to to be, you know, like the new tight ends coach and everything like that. And I'm like, okay, you're saying that the carousel is stopping, but this is Tuesday. Do, do you think we're going to get a new coach by the time the episode drops on Thursday or something else happens? Because I mean, that's always the most fun, right? Yeah. Is, is everything filled now? I mean, is it? Yes. Okay. Every, all, the, all the head jobs are filled. Okay. Until someone does something dumb by the middle of next week, and then suddenly there's a new job available. Okay. Well, I mean, Alabama has a new offensive coordinator, so we we know. Okay, so, but that's that that's one. funny too, because it's fucking Nick Sheridan. Yeah. M- Michigan quarterback. I think he started for like four games back in the day at Michigan. He was a walk on in Michigan, hmm. but he's been he he was. He's been around a bunch of places. He was at Indiana with that group, like the hmm. good Indiana group that all moved to Washington with Kalen DeBoer. And then he was at Washington as tight ends coach the last two seasons. And now he's going to OC at Alabama because what happened to the the Washington OC that was supposed to be OC at Alabama? Yeah, he got he got hired uh, to be the OC of the Seattle Seahawks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I, hope, I hope he so, hadn't moved. Shout out shout out to UW commenter. Um UW commenter who actually took a picture with him and the new Seahawks coach. They were just having drinks at a bar and then in walks in the Alabama OC. Uh, That's right. That was bro. the news. We, we so got the was, news. It was like late, and I'm up, and I'm you know I'm reading my my book about the Falkland Islands War, and. I, I I put it down after I read a couple of pages and, and check Twitter. I'm like, oh, okay, is this real? Like, is is this the Alabama like OC actually going? And he, and then so UW commenter uh, was just like, uh, yeah, it's totally. Uh, he's doing it. It it looks like that. He's and then, so it's just like a, a guy with like 700 oh. followers who follows us, and 
then all of a sudden there's a tweet from like Ian Rappaport and then there's a tweet from Schefter saying that Brian Grubb is is looked to be the, the new OC of the Seattle Seahawks. And and then you know we just we had to tweet along with it like must credit UW commenter, UW so commenter. Cause it was it was like a Friday night. They're just having drinks at a bar. Yeah. And I mean he got a picture with Mike McDaniel. He's like, I'm breaking the news here. <laughs> Oh, it's not Mike McDaniel. Uh, Mike McDonald. Yeah, I'm so. oh, sorry, sorry. McDaniel's in 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 Dolphins land. I apologize. The last thing I want to bring up in foot, I think, actual football news is this: the United Football League, which is the merger of the XFL and the USFL, have announced their rule set because they are having to merge rules, mm-hmm. and you figured they'd do the best of everything, but they're not because. First off, they're getting rid of the XFL kickoff, which and their kickoff was the kind where they lined up like 10 yards away from each other and they couldn't move till the ball was kicked, things like that. It's a way safer kickoff, but they're going back to the normal kickoff, which I don't like. But then basically the rule in the UFL now is and apparently this was the rule in the XFL as well, which I forgot about that. You can't cough and corner a punt. If a punt goes out of bounds within the 35, it just comes out to the 35. That sucks. So you have to down it? Yes. Okay. I mean, that that's a big strike and, against and, them. And us. your gunner can't move past the line of scrimmage until the ball is kicked, not snapped. So they just want to give everybody the ball at the 35, really. That's yeah, what that's what they like. want to do. And, and also, no extra points. They're doing the thing of, like, the one-point conversion, two-point conversion, three-point conversion, like the XFL did. So they're keeping the XFL version of that. Okay. Yes. And they're keeping the rule that you can have two forward passes in single, you know, single play, which okay. I love, because as long as the second forward, the first forward pass can't go past the line of scrimmage, but you can't have two forward passes, that that does make me happy. All right, that that's fine. I, I'm depressed by this. Uh, Beth, cheer me up with the history of the Altuve curve mascots. Uh, before we do that, can I do can I do our uh, oh. can I do our plugs? I was trying Probably to hit it at idea. the hour mark, but okay. I was just because I want to give Beth. I want to bet some runway here. Beth can okay. spend more than fifteen minutes on this. I'm sure. Oh yeah. Okay. Go. Okay. Do it. Okay. First off, as always, thank you for supporting us by listening to this podcast. If you want to support us more, you can pay five dollars a month. That's just one latte a month that you're not going to drink. You don't need it. But you're Jordan to, will. I will. I didn't give up lattes for Lint. You probably did. Give it to me. So give me five dollars a month, and you can come talk to me and yell at me about my bad opinions. You can uh, tell Beth that. I don't know that, that you hate teal. I don't know. No one has that strong opinion about teal. I don't think. Yeah, that would be that. That would be something. That would be teal something. Teal fans on. might have that opinion about teal. Yeah, they might. Yeah, they, they might. It's very, very possible. For that five dollars a month on our Patreon, you get access to our Discord, which has cannibals, like we said, as well as a conversation pit where everything sort of just goes. We have college football channels. We have our sickos channels. We also have things like book club and the music channel and a technology channel and a gambling channel for you degenerates out there who bet the over under on 7.5 Taylor Swift uh, cut-ins. I believe that cashed. It it did cash. Uh, Even though it was like, they're like, they only showed it for, for like 54 seconds or whatever. Less than a minute in the whole game. But it was just like, every time they show Kelsey, it was like flash, flash. It was just like, (laughs) it was like, (laughs) it was a, it was a swift shot. I am. 
pleased to tangentially mention that I ended up explaining how prop bets work to a selection of coworkers at my actual job uh, on Monday, specifically because this came up the number of times that they cut to Taylor Swift came up. And I was like, yeah, I think Vegas set the line at seven and a half. And someone was like, but how do you have a half a thing? And I was like, let me tell you about this. Let me tell you about the hook. <laughs> what color, what color Gatorade was it? I, I missed purple. This. Back it to was back purple, purple again. Yeah, back to back purple. Ugh. Yeah. If also, if you subscribe to our Patreon, you get access to uh, our special podcast, which is Commission's Corner, and our fight song podcast. That I'm gonna message Beth up after this, and we're gonna find a time to sit down and do it. We also have, of course, our merch store at sickoscommittee.org. We have our Ladies Is Sicko stickers up, and our safety alerts as well. We have a YouTube channel that's going to start having YouTube shorts on it. We're going yeah. to make vertical videos. It's going to be yes. fun. Vertical videos coming. Uh, we anticipate we should have our first uh, vertical video probably next week. Yeah. Uh, at the latest, the the end of February. Uh, so, What if we get popular enough that people start doing animatics for us? <laughs> That'd be great. That oh my be, goodness, I would, would love that. That would be great. That'd be mm -hmm. so cool. We also have our Substack, of course, where we're on our series of best seasons of all time for teams who have stopped having a football team. Yeah. We have Boston University coming up, I believe. That's right. Uh, I just uh, uh, released on Monday was was Gonzaga, which which was fun because it, it, in that uh, best team of all time, it was the grandfather of John Stockton. Oh, <laughs> it huh. was a player cool. on the team. Yeah, so it was it was it was cool. It, it one thing I just couldn't fit in the uh, the thing in the yearbook about Gonzaga, like every single player had a nickname, except yep. like one player, <laughs> and his name was Paul. It was just like it, it, it's, oh, it's Paul. Paul. It's, like, it's just like so, <laughs> Paul. They they called they called the cat like his last name was Stockton. It was just like they called him either Hust or they called him Stocky. Uh, I mean, the, like everybody had a nickname except Paul. Paul did not have a nickname. He was not the cool one on that team. But I do have Boston University uh, coming up, and that's going to be coming up. I, I believe I should finish it, and it should be done by Friday. Uh, I am watching, like, YouTube videos of their best team. Uh, I was going to ask you about that because you dropped some stuff that I was like, what the fuck are you watching? And that's what I've been watching. So I've been watching this, and it's – it's so good. It's so like, I don't want to give the, like, uh, it's, no, don't give it up. I don't want to give it up, but you know, it is so good. It is so ridiculous. It is like over sensationalized. It is overhyped video and I'll link it in the, in, in the sub stack. So subscribe. It's free. Um, if you want to do the paid subscriptions to get the podcasts and, and, and all the other stuff that we throw up there behind the paywall, whenever I can get with blue to, uh, hammer out those prairie view chronicles that we got going on. That. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be, it's just, I mean, it's an email thing too. Just, just throw in your email address. Uh, don't even, I mean, read it if you want, which I, I'd like you to, uh, I think it's kind of funny sometimes. It is really funny, <laughs> but it's. Again, it's just fun to do this to dig into these teams because uh, the things that you find about these teams are they're pretty hilarious. Nuggets of information are are like, oh my god, this is John Stockton's grandfather playing football. Oh, okay, all right, I'm glad I know. Figured this out. Just random stuff you find. It's it's always fun. Also, always shout out to Message Board Geniuses podcast. They go to the places that we refuse to go because they're probably more mentally secure for themselves than we are. I can't do that. 
And as always, if you want the softest, comfiest collegiate apparel, go to homefieldapparel.com. Right now, I am wearing, let's see, Pit Girl is wearing a Light the uh, Pit Learning Cathedral. Cathedral of Learning, yes. Whatever you call it, yes. Uh, I'm wearing my Tulane hoodie that I constantly live in. You should absolutely order things from them because it is basically what I dress myself in all the time. Commission's wearing a Miami Hurric- uh, the University of Miami Hurricane shirt. Uh, my laundry is on the bed, so I can see like four home field shirts from here, at least four, because the rest of them are buried. Yeah. Uh, if you have not ordered from them yet, use our offer code. Yes. Ha ha ha. Yes. That's three haws for 15% off your first order. And we have our sicko shirt showdown for this week. For men's basketball, we have Georgia Tech and Notre Dame. For women's basketball, we have UCLA and Oregon State. And because it is Idaho, Idaho State Week, we have the King Spud shirt. Yeah, King Spud. King Spud. Which is great. It's the the Idaho State um, and Idaho men and women play this weekend. And it's it's just basically it's it's the battle for the King Spud. Uh, it's the the games for that. Uh, and it's it's a series of basically a bunch of sports so it's it's an awesome shirt it's it's a great looking trophy we already got the weight of it what was it like 15.4 pounds i believe yeah something like that yeah i I believe we have the weight of that and i wish they would have played it today so we could have made a king cake with king spud in it king King spud cake uh oh yeah it'll be great combination frost knot king i was just thinking that Yes, we have we have managed to merge all of the Mardi Gras Tuesday traditions. You see, you see how this stuff happens in our Patreon? Like we just mentioned one sentence and then they go straight back to cannibals. In yep, our cannibals is always leaking. Always it is the primordial soup from which we emerged. It's like, great. Yeah. You know how you know how the shittiest parts of the internet all emerge from 4chan? Like that is the nebula that like the shittiest things come from. Cannibals is where all of this comes from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It is good and wholesome and it has Lime cater, uh, uh, gator cornbread. That's there. It's 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 perfect. Uh, I did want to mention, like, uh, we have fourteen items on that shirt showdown. Once they're gone, they're gone forever. So hurry and get them. Uh, somebody in our Discord bought the Indiana State Sycamore shirt, uh, which I did purchase myself also. Uh, which you know, gotta get it while while you can because it's a sweet shirt, nineteen seventies style. When Larry Bird was there. Uh, as a, as an Indiana State person, and and they got ranked. Unfortunately, they lost this evening. No, but, uh, but that's, that's what that's, that's what, what all good do. ranked teams do. Right. Once you're yeah. ranked, you, lost you have to too. lose. Yeah. This 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 someone posted something where like the winning percentage of ranked teams on the road at unranked teams is like oh. under 400 this year. What the fuck is going on? I'm now just paying attention to basketball. And I'm yeah, like, college basketball has been here? going nuts this year. So it's it's going to be an interesting year and. I mean, I don't necessarily think we we have a clear team, and then if it is the clear team at the top, you, you kind of remember what happened to a few of them last year. So you know, maybe, maybe not. We'll see. Should be kind of yeah, fun. Yeah, y'all, y'all keep talking about how the ACC looks bad. We'll see how that turns out in tournament I, time. I don't. I I'm not talking about the ACC. I mean, I mean, no. y'all I, in the general. Oh, I, like, I, I am fuck the ACC. I, I am talking <laughs> well, you specifically are the ACC about Sander Joe Man. Lunardi, but also y'all in the general sense. Okay. Y'all had to bring in SMU to bring to like bring up the average of your conference. I know how this goes. Yep, I said it. Man, I, it's Jordan, been a record. This has been I mean, a record yeah, for yes. Pit Girl Scrunch Face. It's yeah, it's been lots of scrunch faces. <laughs> <laughs> Pit Girl's scrunching the face a lot this evening. <laughs> okay, Beth, 
I need yes. you to, I, I want you to tell me because someone asked to you to do a retrospective on the history of the Altoona Curve mascots. And I'm going to need you to describe first off what this is and then what we're talking about. Okay. So as all of our listeners will know, this is a minor league baseball podcast, yes. um, which is why we are discussing the uh, Pirates AA minor league affiliate in Altoona, Pennsylvania, the Altoona Curve, named after a railroad fixture in the area. So the Altoona Curve were found were started in 1999. They were replacing a uh, a low A slash uh, single A affiliate that uh, that was had very briefly called the Rail Kings. They built a new park that looks like somebody took Camden Yards and scrunched it. It's very Ooh. very cute, um, and it has a roller coaster in the outfield. So if you've seen the picture of the minor league ballpark with the roller coaster in the outfield, it's fairly famous. That is where the Altoona Curve play. The Altoona Curve in their 24-year history, I'm not counting this year yet because it hasn't started, um, has had a, I would say, a large number of mascots sort of move through the gully works. So the Altoona, uh, the Altoona Curve's first mascot is now currently in the chat. I would like my fellow wizards to describe what this what? thing is. Okay. Please describe okay. this mascot. It's green, but it has a cylindrical head. It looks like a bong. <laughs> this, by the way, this mascot was one that Al Roker in 2001 on the Today Show called stupid, which meant that the curve had Al Roker is stupid day. <laughs> okay. On a certain day in July, every year for three or four years. I love it was from Pennsylvania. Wonderful. Okay. Is, is this supposed to be like the smokestack and then the front of an engine of a train? Okay. That's Kamish's guess. Okay. Do we have any other guesses? I mean, I, I, guess, I guess bong. Okay. I, I would not have guessed what Kamish said until I until he said it. And now that he says that, I can see it. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad it's wearing pants. <laughs> Is this some forsaken, like, evolutionary line that then died off that is a uh, relation of both Oscar the Grouch and Gritty? It does look a lot like Gumby is in his third trimester. Yeah, um, like, oh, like, Gumby but, let himself go. But, like, before we start body shaming um, 80s claymation, uh, that is Steamer. The first of the Altoona Curse mascot. Okay, so um, Kamish, Kamish, right then. Kamish, you are correct. Okay. That is the boiler, okay. smokestack, and front plate okay. of the specifically the K4 locomotive, which was manufactured at the Sam Ray shops in Hollidaysburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. So that is Steamer, who Al Roker called stupid. Steamer was not alone for very long. A lot now. If you go to if you go to the minor league baseball pages, they will tell you that there's another mascot that follows this. They are wrong. They're actually missing a couple of mascots, and I had to go <laughs> Facebook diving to find them. Okay. So the very first friend that Steamer ever had, I will post over here. Oh, you found the K four. That's yeah. cool. I was trying to see if it actually looked similar, and yeah, if you squint real hard, you turn your head to the side, and yeah. yeah. So this okay, that's, that's a sort of sheep. <laughs> That's lamb chop. <laughs> that is so, specifically a Serta sheep. You can tell because of the numbers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So Serta did a Serta did a um, cross promotion with the curve where they put this poor mascot 
who was usually uh, a junior high child, out in the outfield with a tiny door in right center. And if someone hit a home run, this mascot came running out and sort of like danced around in a circle two or three times and then ran back into the outfield <laughs> fence. <laughs> Go back into your holes, sheep. Yep. Yep. That's, um, how you should, that's how you should treat junior high kids, by the way. That's how you teach them. I have only encountered the sheep mascot a few times uh, in my life. And I can tell you the amount of weed that this thing smelled like. <laughs> <laughs> you put a junior high or a high school kid out in the outfield in a little box where no one could see them. Just for open hours the door and a giant plume of smoke comes out. Pretty much. So the sheep was not terrifically long lived. And the sheep's name is simply the sheep. Okay. The sheep was extremely dank, though. Oh, yeah. The just, fucking dankest sheep. Just so dank. Um, so after the... So while the sheep was still kind of doing his thing, the Altoona Curve decided to add a second mascot. And the mascot that they added, and this was a full-time mascot, not a, like... Special. Not, not a weed prison like the sheep, <laughs> was this creature. Okay, it's a dog. So Steamer has K4 on the side of his jersey yeah this dog has k9 yeah this is diesel oh. dog okay diesel dog was not particularly creative and diesel dog did not uh, diesel dog lasted uh 12 years he was debuted in 2003 he lasted until 2015 oh you found a picture of them being buds yeah and what? the thing about diesel dog is that i, I swear they kept losing the mascot costume because he looks slightly different almost every year Wait, is that a comic of Al Roker fighting the fucking steamer? <laughs> yes, it is. I'm so I, glad I you just found did, that. Just, <laughs> I was I looking just, for it. I couldn't I, find it. Look, I found it and I signed up for a seven-day free trial to the Altoona paper. <laughs> I just watched this in the chat. I had to have, have a it. login. You could have just asked. I was like, whatever, man. I don't care. I'll I'll cancel the the thing after oh this. But I was like, I didn't want to. I wanted to surprise everybody because I found. It. Oh, you, oh, you fucking surprised me. Oh. I would like to, as is our want when we post newspaper clips, do a dramatic reading of the beginning of this article. Yes, yes, oh, go for please it. Please do. <clears throat> Thrown a curve. TV weatherman mascot engage in off-season verbal duel. The timing was almost mystical. It was the second day of the second month of the first year of the second millennium. It was the start of a rivalry. Those in a tiny railroad and baseball themed city tucked in the Allegheny folds of the Appalachian mountains won't soon forget. It was the start of Roker versus steamer. My God, Kevin Ott was going for the Pulitzer hard. Oh my God, yes. <sighs> so yes. Yeah, so for a time it was steamer, diesel dog and the sheep. And they were they were a happy family together for for a time, um, and then the sheep simply vanished. <laughs> I assume that that is because Serta was no longer doing the cross promotion, and this thing appeared. Is it that took... is that a piece of sushi? Is that a tongue? What That's the fuck a hot is that? Dog. That is very clearly a hot dog. I don't know. Why is it a hot dog, Beth? Because um, this was the year that Cheats began their two for 99 cents hot dog promotion. Yes. And so (laughs) they got rid of the sheep. And now when someone hit a home run, a hot dog that also smelled like weed came running (laughs) out of the outfield, did a small dance and then ran back in. Um, Yes. 
all the while, and it's it's worth noting that one of the favorite chants of the Altoona Curve in the early 2000s, back in these days, was Free the Sheep, which was replaced with Free the Frank after the hot dog was announced. Okay. So you should understand, listener, that this really doesn't look that much like a hot dog. No, as I said, it looks like either a piece of sashimi or like a tongue. It's also worth noting that, and, and I don't know how well you could see it on here, this hot dog is wearing burgundy cargo pants. Yeah, like they, they don't they don't match. It looks like it's wearing corduroys. Yes, this was hastily hastily thought up. It feels like they had like they like they took a hot dog costume and they were like, okay, we need to have it be a hot dog, but like, what's the most we can make it look like a hot dog without it being opening us up to like phallic jokes? Like that's what it feels like to mm-hmm. me. It's yeah, it's extremely hard. Um, to find pictures sorry 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 it's very hard to find pictures of either the frank or the sheep because they did not typically do regular mascot things they were literally out for moments and then they would dash away so i i i I struggled to find pictures of them but i was eventually able to find some um around 2011 the curve decided that they were going to change up their logo and they changed up their logo to the logo that I believe Jordan posted first when we first started talking about the curve, which meant that they needed to have a new mascot. And the new mascot that they came up with was Tenacious Casey. Okay. Tenacious Casey was the first humanoid mascot that they attempted. (laughs) I mean, he does, I does kind of look like Jack Black. I, I'll give you that. Tenacious D. <laughs> Tenacious he, Casey. He but wait, they, they kept on. Like we have Steely McBeam at home. They kept yes. on Diesel Dog to be yes. Tenacious's friend? Yes. yes, we had we had many mascots at the same time. So in 2011, we had, actually, so we have Tenacious T- Casey that was added. It's worth noting that just before Tenacious Casey was added, Altoona, B- Altoona, uh, added in they're probably their most famous mascot in 2009 to replace the sheep and the frank and uh this particular mascot is al tuna looks like this i've seen this this is the one you had you had like a student that you taught to be al tuna right oh yes yes <laughs> i have taught i've taught a few owls tuna um it is it is actually so listeners it's a fish it's actually a tu- it's it's actually like a fake tuna it looks very much like a goldfish i love yes, it like so much the, the snack that smiles back goldfish. Yes. and so and it's it's worth noting that altuna serves the same purpose as the sheep and the frank before him altuna still holds this job the chant is no longer free the frank it is now free the fish okay um, does altuna but- still smell like weed i have see i've never been close enough to the altuna costume i like i now that I am older, I keep my distance from such uh, from such tomfoolery and shenanigans. Okay. Um, oh my god! I found I found a multiverse of madness. I found Steamer, Tenacious, and Altoona in the same picture. Yep. So, and there was a time where Steamer, Altoona, Tenacious Casey, and Diesel Dog all reigned together. How many fucking mascots do you need, y'all? More. I I, I do More love mascots. that. The curve somehow have acquired the same number as mascots as like an entire Japanese prefecture. Yes, but as uh, all good things have to come to an end, and so the mascot retirements began to be a thing in 2014 when Tenacious Casey announced his retirement. 
send him upstate? Did he go uh, to the farm? No, I, he's got that railroad pension. He's good. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. And he has the pass that lets you ride anywhere in the country for free. Oh and yeah. The American it. version of Eurorail, just an extremely shitty version. Yep. And so like and and Tenacious Casey was only around for three years. It's he was not beloved, but the next year when Steamer announced he would be retiring, there was there was panic and pandemonium. And then the curve decided, as a balm to our soul, to give us a little bit of lore. Jordan, I would like you to click on the link that I just put down there. Yeah. And give us the story of the curve's now current mascot, main mascot. This is about Loco. Yes. Now the article is the myth of the golden Loka, Lokotami. Way back in the 1840s, when the construction of the horseshoe curve had just begun, engineer J. Edgar Thompson enlisted the help of a golden Lokotami. These creatures were native to the Allegheny Mountains. Their golden yellow fur helped them to camouflage into the mountains during the fall, where they were known to hibernate. They were agile, fast, and loved to eat, as seen by their portly bellies. Body shaming yet again. Thompson used the golden locomotive to boost morale and help create a fun, high-energy atmosphere for the workers on the horseshoe curve. Oh yeah, I absolutely bet so. <laughs> Com- fucking, fucking company script and the golden locomotive. They were so good at putting smiles on the workers' faces, they started to call them Loco, short for locomotive and Locotami. One day, during his farewell tour, Steamer was making his way around the curve. Oh, we, oh, it's, it's crossover. When he heard of wrestling in the trees and stopped to check it out, he spotted a bright, multicolored sprout of fur standing out from a row of bushes. Steamer slowly crept up to get a closer look at what was under the colorful sprout. Just as Steamer got an arm's length away, the creature jumped and stared Steamer right in the face. Steamer, being the courageous locomotive that he is, didn't back down. Although Steamer couldn't talk, he and this new species were able to communicate with each other. After examining the creature, Steamer knew right away that he had to be the golden Lokotami. The signature golden fur, the portly belly, and the horseshoe birthmark on its right, he's a cutie mark? There was no (laughs) doubt in Steamer's mind what the creature was. Steamer knew right away what a find this was. He and everybody in the railroad community through the Golden Lokotami had been nothing more than a thought that the Golden Lokotami had been nothing more than a myth. Steamer communicated with the creature and knew what he had to do. He rushed his new fuzzy friend to the People's Natural Gas Field to show his good <laughs> friends the Lozniak family what he had discovered. It's actually Lozniak. Don't Lozniak. ask me how or it's why. Fine. I know it's not how it's spelled. Fine. The minute the Lozniak saw this crazy creature, they knew there was only thing, one thing to do. Eat him. They immediately called David Raymond, the mascot doctor, and hired him to examine the specimen. Oh, God, they're going to fucking... They, they fed second. him the hot dog mascot. Jesus Christ. After they're about mi- to E.T. this shit. Yep. After mere minutes of seeing the creature, Dr. Dave was convinced that Seymour had found an actual golden Lokotami. Once the curve ownership heard this creature was indeed a Lokotami, they knew he was the only replacement for Steamer as the new mascot of the Altoona Curve. The curve agreed that this creature had to be named, and after much deliberation, the appropriate name was, give, was get, given to the critter was Loco. Loco was crazy and unpredictable. Ownership came to the conclusion he shouldn't be known by a number, but just by a symbol, a question mark. The question mark <laughs> symbolizes his crazy, unpredictable acts. The mark also reflects on his past when the Lokotami were thought just as myths or creatures from a bedtime story. Steamer agreed to stay on for the remainder of the 2015 season to teach Loco everything he needed to know about being the greatest mascot in all of minor league baseball. That's lore. Yep. That's like tons of lore for a fucking 
what's it fuzzy thing? So I, I bet somebody that, you know, was in the sheep costume smelling like weed wrote that whole thing. Just a giant bong rip. And then oh. you're like, <laughs> oh, God. So yeah, huge, around the curve. Huge, huge puff of smoke just oh, ripping God, out of the fucking golden, The golden look of Tommy. Oh, he and fever before. Oh, also, this is so good. Oh, there's yeah. probably a strain of weed named this. So, uh, Loco was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, which I have posted. <laughs> Why does he look like that? Because that was during the pandemic, and they were talking about how much my league baseball was struggling, and for oh. whatever reason, they chose oh. the curve. This oh, is oh, he's so sad. Oh, this looks like he's gonna be sh- like. It looks like he lost his home. Um, around this time, so in 2015, the curve also decided that adding an, one new mascot wasn't enough. They needed to capitalize on the trend in baseball of having racing mascots. And so they added on these crazy things. These are the Mama Rendazzo's meatballs. This okay. is Maria, Marco, and Giuseppe. That's that's that's, that's like almost racistly Italian. <laughs> Is this in any way like tangentially related to Del Grosso's? Because I was fully expecting pasta jars until you told me that it was meatballs. Um, I I don't. I believe Mama Randazzo's makes their own sauce. Um, I'm going to go out and say that they probably do because I know if I say that it's Del Grosso sauce and it's not, I won't live to see tomorrow. So, um, yes, Del Grosso sauce also famously from here. Which means if you're keeping track, in 2015, the curve had the sheep. No, I'm sorry. Altoona, Altoona, running around in the outfield, Diesel Dog, Steamer, the Golden Loco Tommy, and three meatballs. They had seven mascots. That's too much. Two of whom retired at the end of that season. Okay. And you would think that anyone would be done by now. You would think that there's absolutely no way that you would ever that you would ever continue past this, except you would be wrong. In 2017, <laughs> they discovered a second golden Lokotami. <laughs> oh, it's an oh, playable oh mascot. Oh, I love God. playable ones. This is Loco's little brother. His name is Trax with an X. Oh. Yeah, he's extreme. <laughs> <laughs> he has, and I quote from Minor League Baseball's website, the sickest and most off-the-wall dance moves. Oh, yep. Did we they have- find him in 1997? <laughs> Mm-hmm. They found All him we- when Poochie went back to his home planet. <laughs> and that brings us to the present. Except just literally a few days ago. Oh, God. Oh, my you, God. You asked me about this <laughs> and asked me if I would do a, re- a, re- a retrospective. On February 10th, <clears throat> the Curve announced that they would be the final team in the Eastern League to finally to take on a Copa de la de, uh, de la Diversión identity. Oh yeah. God! Oh my God! What? No. So I would <laughs> like to introduce you to the Altuna Peces Dorados. Okay, I okay. But I love that. I love that logo. It's amazing. Oh, it is. It, Friends, it, it is a sugar skull of Altoona holding a bat like he's about to murder you with it. It's Dawn of the great. Dead. It's great. Oh, I'm sorry, the day of the dead. Sorry, not Dawn of the Dead. I oh, don't oh, so I don't yet know. So there the five uh Peces Dorados, which I think is goldfish. Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that goldfish? Yes. Yeah. Goldfish. Um 
I the the games that they will take on this identity for are April twelfth, May tenth, June fourteenth, July fifth, and August sixteenth. And I am so hopeful that Altoona will take on a brand new aspect for these games, but I do not yet know. So that is our breaking news today. We got to get a bunch of people to at least one of those games. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. I, I know some yeah. of us are in driving distance. Official but- Sickos committee meetups on uh, 412, 510, 614, 75, and 816. But, but this is not the only alternate identity they've had. Because no. I know it's I remembered not. that they were also the Altoona pizzas. They <laughs> sure were. And again, another racistly Italian caricature of a pizza. Although I don't think they had a costume mascot for him. Uh, they did not. Um, they, they had, had hats, a whole bunch. They had hats and they had jerseys. But in order to get a jersey, you needed to work for the curve. And I did not know that in time or I would have gotten a summer job. But yes, they did have the Altoona pizzas. I have no idea if they plan to revisit that particular promotion. I can only hope. They've also apparently been the Allegheny Yinzers. Yes, they have. That is true. There was not a different mascot for that either. I have no idea why they would call themselves the Allegheny Yinzers, as they are not in the Allegheny River Valley. Nor are they technically Yinzers, although we do dip a bit into that well. But yes, Keller Engineering decided to uh, pay to change the name of the team. That always blows my mind. They've also been the Altoona Brookies. Yes, I I I don't. I don't know why my dad mentioned that tonight and I had no memory of this thing. I think it was while I didn't live here. So what I'm hearing is that we have an opportunity. Oh, they could be the Altoona Price this they, fast. They could be the Altoona Sickos committee. I mean, yes. Let's see, Altoona- we could have the Sickos guy in the outfield coming out for home runs. I will. I'll, I'll one up this. If we raise enough money, we can have the Altoona Sickos committee and the Harrisburg Sicko CBB. Oh my lord, that would be so good for the Senators games. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, 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 yes. Anyway, I-, I would like to formally move to make the Altoona Curve the official minor league baseball club of this podcast. Well, considering we have Pirates fans like throughout this podcast, I feel like that's only appropriate. I mean, yeah, uh... I do feel like I owe some loyalty to my like theoretical hometown minor league team, which entertainingly occasionally takes on the alternative mascot of the Mayflies, which is very, very funny, both because the Senators play on City Island and because everywhere along the lower Susquehanna is notorious for mayflies so thick that they like mm-hmm. just like cover they turn the lights on the bridges off because it's disgusting oh, otherwise gross. during oh, mayfly season gross yeah yeah oh. anyway thank you for doing this deep dive with me into altoona mascot history um if you were keeping track at home the current altoona mascots are loco tracks the three meatballs and altoona and a goldfish to be named later. All right. I, I just want to say, like, my local minor league team once had a mascot that dealt drugs. <laughs> Who was your, what's your local minor league team? Uh, that's a joke, digging on the pirates. Oh, uh, ha, 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 ha. Oh, sorry. That's good. Uh, my, when I, when I was growing up, my local minor league team was the Roadrunners. Oh. Well, not, the, the not one, nearly as interesting. The one that we have in San Antonio, it's the San Antonio Missions. 
They've been around um, forever. Like that team's been, been around for like a hundred years. Are uh, the what? What is the night? The the Spanish theme team, the Mexican theme team. What is it called again? I'm blanking. It's it's the um, Copa de, de la yeah. uh, de la diversión. Yeah, It's basically like fun nights. Yeah, it's just fun nights. So they they were there. They go by the flying chonclas, which is uh, essentially it's it's a flying flip flop flying at your head yeah, but okay but yeah but yeah. like you have to be very clear about that it's yes. a flying flip-flop because a grandma has thrown, thrown it, at, it you at you because you've, you've been a fucking idiot yes yes so it's it it, it it would just be if you want to be like almost racistly italian it would just be like the altoona wooden spoons and it's right. like yep. flying at you. <laughs> mm-hmm. so yes i've i've I, got that uh rest in peace I nanny I, you hit me with the spoon the ton i earned it i know i did <laughs> it, it's it's amazing if if you grew up in 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 a, in a certain culture a certain place if someone like holds a chancla at you you flinch like people flinch at those things a chancla by the way is like a flip-flop in case in case you don't know uh, also funnily enough in australia they're called thongs and i learned that from bluey because <laughs> muffin comes in and goes bluey look at my thongs and i went what <laughs> Let me see that chunk. Mm-hmm. Okay. Beth, thank you so much for telling us about the Altoona curve and their history. That's amazing. Uh, by the way, I was actually wrong about how long the missions have been playing. Missions have been, missions have been playing since 1888. Jesus. Whoa. Like they are old ass old. Okay. I mean, almost as old as the missions themselves. Uh, I mean, like, I, I, you know, you said that, and I was like, that can't be true. That's like within a hundred years or so. Like it's closer than I want it to be. Yeah, that's that's close to like Texas being a country. Yeah, that's oh, okay. That's crazy. Okay, didn't know that. All right. Are okay. we ready for a vexillology diversion? Yes. Can we can we talk about the Minnesota flag thing again? Can because, we? Because you know, if this podcast is nothing, it's about flag news. Because bitty, because bitty, fucking bitty, hello bitty, bitty internet because the cowards at hello internet won't come back we'll fucking do it. Okay, Beth, tell me about the Minnesota flag news. So uh, the flags that did not make the cut um, to become the new Minnesota state flag, which I would argue is all of them, because the committee decided to just that nothing that no rules mattered and started free uh, just started like freelancing all over everything. They've been released into the public domain. One of which the most means, beautiful words I have, like beautiful sets of words mm-hmm. I have ever heard. Which means anyone can use them. And the first group to hop up and use them was the St. Paul Public Library, which has announced a limited run of new library cards. And I have posted a picture of said library card. It's the laser loon. <laughs> it's the laser loon. So I have good news and bad news for you. Yeah. If you want one of these library cards, you need to live in Minneapolis, St. Paul in order to get them. However, the library has opened up a store where they will be selling this logo on shirts and tote bags and stickers until they run out of supplies, which knowing the internet has probably already happened. I mean, I mean, it's public domain. I can make this for us. You sure can. Like, But like not this- only can you make this for us, you can make any of those flags. Can, can I, we get merch with that one dog? Yeah, I mean, yes, we could because they're all public domain. Okay, like how was this part of the deal? Because they all went into public, like that was part of the deal for this thing. I guess 
I, I just love how threatening this library card is. It also says read in a very aggressive, like it's, it's a very it's like non serif font. Fuzzy laser font. Yeah. It's hard to describe. It just, it feels so aggressive. I love it. Uh, uh Kamish, if you saw this thing pointing its laser eyes at you, would you feel threatened into reading? Uh, yeah, totally. I, I can't even, I am threatened <laughs> right now. I can't speak. So yes, that I, I just I love this so much. I love the fact that this flag gets new life. Okay, that, that is great. So on on December 27, 2023, the State Emblems Redesign Commission voted to make all state flag and state seal designs part of the public domain. So anything they use, mm -hmm. we can use. Okay. Y'all, mm -hmm. y'all, we're gonna just we're, we're never gonna see that Minnesota Golden Gophers logo ever again. No, I I mean I'm <laughs> I'm gonna put Goldie's head on top of everything. Congratulations, Minnesota. You, like every minor league baseball team, now have an alternate alternate identity. You are the University of Minnesota Laser Loons. You're welcome. Why why would you not be? Nope. Pew pew. Oh no, I opened up I opened up a document where they were like trying to refine the flag and see all fucking 40 versions of the flag they fucked up. Oh, that makes me sad. Okay. Anyways. Okay, Arthur. I think it's your turn. Uh what would you like to do next? What do you have going on? Okay, so I actually I have I, I, I said I prepared two games. Um let's do the one that doesn't involve the bigger segment first. Okay, sure. Um so this is the NBA All Star weekend is this weekend. Uh, so this is in Indianapolis. We've talked about it for a couple different reasons. Uh, but there are several events besides the actual game, right? There's the rising stars. There's the skills, like the skills challenge, three point dunk contest, all that stuff. Do right? they still do a dunk contest? I thought they stopped yes. doing it because it sucked too much. Yes. No. So the thing about the dunk contest is that like, it usually sucks, but every once in a while, there's one that's good, and then people are like, "Oh, like we got to keep the dunk contest." It's back again. Yeah, they've like they've gotten rid of it before, and then brought it back, and like every so often, there's a good one. So we're just playing dunk contest roulette as a society. Yeah, pretty much. Why are we okay, okay with that? Why as a society? Why are we? Well, okay I want to give a shout out to my friends who would uh, always just uh, drink dirty martinis for the dunk contest. <laughs> It was a thing okay. that, that they've done, I and you know in, in our uh, our chat, uh, you, you'll see the dunk contest. You'll just see an image of somebody with a martini, like it's like I'm I'm chilling watching a dunk contest. So it's it's been going on for over a decade. So I don't, I don't know why they want to drink martinis, but I, I've done it a few years and it's been fun. Uh, it's just oh this is this is high quality dunking. All right, so here's the game we're going to play. We're going to play this game for the Celebrity All-Star Game. So I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because okay. just looking at the rundown, we have stuff to get to. So I don't want you to spend too much time like trying to think of something. I'm going to give you a celebrity in the Celebrity All-Star Game, and you have to tell me what they're famous for. So maybe someone will know it, and you can just say it, or just like make something up, but you know, don't spend a lot. Don't don't spend a long time on. Okay. Trying to come up with okay, okay, okay. So Rapid the fire. first team first will go with uh, Team Shannon, which is of course coached by Shannon Sharp, and his assistant coach is Football Curtis Fifty Cent Jackson. Oh, really? So, That's what yeah. is that what Fiddy's up to? Yes. Get rich or 
get balling? I, I mean, don't, don't talk trash about 50 Cent. He is he's starting to revitalize the Shreveport community. Oh, that's right. Okay, Sorry. that's it. Shreveport okay. is the next level for 50 Cent. So here, here are the players, the celebrities playing for Team Shannon. Uh, first up, we have someone named uh, Annuel AA. A-N-U-E-L space, and then it's two A's. They're both capitalized. TikTok. SoundCloud rapper. Uh, <laughs> uh, biographer of JFK. Uh, that's the Secretary <laughs> of State. No, so this, according according to the NBA's website, this is Latin American Music Award-winning recording artist. Okay. okay. Uh, okay. Then we have someone named Kai Senat. Okay. I'm going to keep guessing SoundCloud rapper until it's right. WikiLeaks accomplice. Uh, Kai Senat was a Jedi master. Um, he's, a, <laughs> he's a comedian. He is a streamer, according to oh. So this is all off yeah, of the yeah. NBA's okay. website. Uh, okay. Next up, we have Connor Daly. I know this one. He's an IndyCar driver. Yes, he's actually from Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, then we have... Oh, uh, by the way, uh, before you keep going, I, I will say that today I was driving around Dallas. I saw a banner about... Uh, about so they're trying to do like a historical thing in Dallas. I'm going to drop the banner in the chat. I want someone to read this for me. This is in Dallas, by the way. Oh my lord! We, we did that. <laughs> J- JFK was here. Yep, he was. Street, November twenty second, nineteen sixty three. Yeah, yeah, he was there. He was oh there. Oh my god! You know, I'm I'm gonna start a new conspiracy theory. I didn't he know wasn't. that you guys had like a George Washington slept here thing, but that's oh, horrifying. Uh, when you come visit, we'll do the whole grassy. I'll show you the I've, whole grassy. I've, I've done it already. Uh, oh, but yeah. it was it was weird. I think it was like it was like. 14 and my dad's like this is where this i'm like i'm more than paying attention so to it I, he had me on the sixth floor the book depository i'm no, like what am i, I doing know. up here oh it's like being taken to gettysburg let me go like, to six flags <laughs> i've i've seen where lincoln is was was shot so maybe yeah, this is like a, a i need to like make it a bucket list of visiting all the presidential assassination sites yeah we're gonna go to the random spot in buffalo where garfield got shot this is gonna be great okay keep going there, there we go. so connor daly was a uh, buffalo. uh yes an, an indie car driver who's who's actually from indianapolis so okay. I, I i get him being in the celebrity Oscar game okay next up for team shannon Walker Hayes. He's a singer. That's a Country singer. music artist, correct? Country singer. Yes, he, he is the guy that did the Applebee's, Applebee's song. song yes. That's oh, right. Okay. Oh, I was like, I know, I was, not a singer. Okay. So, noted war criminal. Coming to okay. the coming, Live from the head. Coming, in the static lineup, it's Walker Hayes and uh Phantom Night. <laughs> and the fucking UN comes in and takes him away. Oh my god. Take him away right, to ne- the head. Next up. Next up for Team Shannon, we have Quincy Isaiah. Instagram model. He's an actor. Oh, actor. Okay. We have Jewel Lloyd. Inventor of fried chicken ice cream. Uh, He was the little brother of Jake Lloyd. (laughs) <laughs> no uh jewel lloyd is a wmba all-star oh okay oh, oh okay dang i feel bad that i didn't know that one yeah uh next up for team shannon we have micah parsons 
Oh, that's a I linebacker know, for that the name. Cowboys, right? Yeah, yeah. Former Penn Stater. Yeah. He's a football player. We have next up Lily Singh. Women's spelled, golfer? Spelled S I N G H. Yeah, no, no. Um, she's a comedian, like she's like an actress or something. I never a- know. Actress that. uh in Bollywood. She was on that, YouTube. She's a YouTube person. Yeah, the NBA describes her as award Emmy award winning entertainer. Okay. So. Oh no, she was she was on she had a late night show. Uh, like uh, like late night with Lily Singh or something. She was on after Carson Daly, I think. Oh, okay. So yeah, that makes sense for entertainer. Okay, so next up we have someone named uh I guess Sir, but it's capital S lower K I lowercase I capital R. Soundcloud I'm rapper. DJ. Soundcloud rapper. Yeah. Uh, definitely a musician or, or Twitch um, streamer, but yeah. So it says here Grammy Award nominated recording artist. Yes, yes. So, oh, recording look, artist. I, Let's I, go I think technically, I think technically, I could call myself like Grammy, like uh, like nominated because I think you I was on. Can't. A, no, because I think I was on Can an you? album that got submitted yeah. for something. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think one of your UNT albums. Right. So I feel like I could technically call myself that. I should actually. You know what? I'm gonna start doing that. I'm Grammy adjacent, but not that close. That's close. We should get a Grammy. Let's do, let's get a Grammy next year. Okay. Well, I feel like I feel like with a lot of these, I don't know specifically for the Grammys, but I feel like there are a lot of them where like you could be on something, but like there are like specific people that are like listed when you nominate stuff. I don't know how the Grammys work specifically, but I know for example, like the only people who get the awards for like Best Picture at the Oscars are like the producers of them. Right, right, right. Um, or, or or if you're trying to get a uh, an Emmy. A, an Emmy for mm-hmm. for a college football show. Yes, exactly. Okay, uh, and then last for Team Shannon, we have Dylan Wang. Have we had an actual Twitch streamer streamer yet? There was a streamer uh, yes. in general. Yes, okay. there was a streamer. I have no um, idea. Major that. League Gamer. Uh, it says Dylan Wang is an actor. Okay. Okay. Uh, then let's go over to Team Stephen A. So Team Stephen A. Smith is the head coach. His assistant coach, he has two of them. Oh. So Shannon Sharp only gets one assistant coach well, in I mean, 50, 50 Cent. Is enough, but... Stephen A. gets Lil Wayne and Asia Wilson. Hey, little Lil Wayne is a reptile. <laughs> I don't know who Asia Wilson is. She's a WNBA player. I, I met, I met <laughs> Lil Wayne once uh, on the neutral ground <laughs> during a Mardi Gras parade. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That, that does not surprise me at all. Shout out to the neutral ground. What I'm, what okay. I'm learning is I really got to pay more attention to WNBA because I did not. Same. I did not know who that was. Okay. So so let's let's go through the players for Team Stephen A. We have that that is how it's called. It's Team Shannon and Team Stephen A. It's not just Team Stephen. Um, hey, listen, he worked hard on that branding. That's right. So first up, we have. Meta World Peace. Assault. Uh, I mean, yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, formerly, fair enough. For, yep, that's... The, the the basketballer formerly known as Ron Artest. All right. That next up. Ron Test Meta Peace. Yeah. Next up for Team Stephen A. Uh, this is an interesting one. There's someone named Jack Ryan. 24. 24. I know that, that one. That one I knew. That's not right. It's, no, it's, that's Tom Clancy. That's Tom Clancy. Also, also, I thought Meta World Peace Bauer. was a diplomat. Yeah, Jack Bauer. Jack, Jack Bauer is for. Is it Richard? No, 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 no. no. Jack, no. Jack Ryan. I know nothing about pop culture. You know this. 
Isn't Jack Ryan Tom Clancy? Tom yes, Clancy. Jack Ryan is Tom Clancy. Jack right. Ryan had Hunt for Red October, uh, Patriot Games, other movies that aren't uh, as good. Uh, Jim from The Office is now Jack Ryan. Yes, okay. he's he's the current Jack Ryan. He just looks at the camera and goes, when nukes go off. Yeah. Okay, uh, then next up, uh, this one should be pretty easy. Wait, hold up. Who is this Jack Ryan? Oh, this Jack Ryan. Sorry, it says basketball <laughs> entertainer. So I as I would assume based oh, on that, that this is instead. like someone who maybe dunks on TikTok or something. Okay. Uh, but is that it basketball possible that he's a Harlem Globetrotter? No, he, oh, he, is he, ooh, that makes hoop wizard. Is he is he the one that like shoots on on these crazy impossible rings that he uh, uh, basketball hoops that he still makes the shot somehow like, uh, like made out of chainsaws or whatever. I, I don't know. It I'm just looking at the NBA's website all right. and all it says is basketball entertainer. He's, he's known as Blackjack. Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> this next one probably the easiest one on uh, of everyone. Uh CJ Stroud. Football. Oh. Football. Yeah, I know him. All right. Yeah. Uh then we have Jean-Marco Tamberry. Hey. Formula 2 driver. It sounds like an indie driver, I would think. Or whatever. It, it does. Yeah. F1 feeder league driver. The so this... inventor of Omaha style pizza. <laughs> nope. This is an Olympic high jump gold medalist. Oh, okay. John Marco Sorry. Tamberry. Sorry, this John is Carl, actually John his Marco. his second oh. NBA celebrity all-star game. And like he was entertaining. I like it as as celebrities go, someone who's really good at jumping high is pretty good for this game. Uh, then next up we have Adam Blackstone. He's a musician. He is producer. a musician. Yeah. A producer. Okay. Then we have next up Natasha Cloud. At WNBA. Right. Yes. Okay. Okay. I don't know what team she's on now though. Uh, according Chicago to NBA.com, she is on the Phoenix Mercury. Oh, okay. Yeah. No. Uh, next oh, up, by the way, Jennifer... John Marco uh, Tenberry. He's the one that had that viral high jump moment in the Olympics where him and the Qatari uh, both yes, were they uh, okay. for the gold. Okay. Yeah. okay. Yes. I thought uh, I so then, remember the name after a while. Yes. Next up is Jennifer Hudson. Uh, singer. 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 She's got an EGOT. Don't do not do that. That is, that is how she's described on NBA.com. The e- youngest female EGOT winner. <laughs> Perfect. EGOT. Uh, next up, we have Tristan Jass. J-A-S-S. Uh, my, my second favorite character to play in Mortal Kombat. She's a she's a WWE wrestler. Uh, Tristan uh, Tristan Jass is married to Isolde. <laughs> not huge. huge. No. That was so huge. Nice. huge I love that. Okay. Sorry. Also, Wagner. NBA.com describes Tristan Jass as Content creator. Nope. 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 Okay. Oh, y'all, I got to drop a picture of him because this is, yep, we're going to love, you're going to love him. We're content, we're content creators. Wait, it's, oh, a, no. it's a dude. Oh, that hurts. It is that a dude. Hurts. Okay. I thought it was. <laughs> where, where did you post it? Guys, be Oh, there it is. Oh. Okay. Ne- next up, we have AJ McLean. Um, hold up. CFL quarterback. <laughs> no, is he's he's a Backstreet Boy. Yeah, is NBA, NBA.com says Grammy Award nominated recording artist. No, he's a Backstreet Boy. Yeah, AJ, he's a Backstreet Boy. AJ's yeah. a Backstreet Boy. That's AJ. 
<laughs> He's 46. It's totally him. No, oh, that's AJ. <laughs> All right. And then last but not least on Team Stephen A, we have Kwame Onwuachi. I have no clue. YouTube. Yeah, you guys are never going to guess this one. Uh, NBA.com lists him as James Beard award-winning chef. Sure. Wait, 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 hold up. Wait, what? Wait, no, no, yeah, hold up, hold up. He was on Top Chef for a season. Oh, okay, which one? Uh, California, did I watch that season? Season 13, 2015? Yes, I watched that season. Okay, I vaguely remember him. I see a picture of him, I vaguely remember him. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that guy. Okay, yeah. I would have never got it from the name, but yeah, sure. So, so when they say celebrity, like yep, this is this is who you're getting. This I is mean, like Jennifer Hudson is like actually famous. Okay, but yep. but of all that list, yes, Jennifer Hudson by far is the most like not most talented because Adam Blackstone is also very good. There's lots of talent here. I'm not going to say that, but Jennifer Hudson is is a star. Like it's he like got her and Meta World Peace are the people who are like famous famous on this list. I think. DJ Stroud, because yeah. I mean, that's that's us, though. Well, okay. So I just looked up the etymology of celebrity. Okay. Oh, please. <laughs> Webster's defines celebrity as... So celebrity comes from the Latin uh, celebritatum, meaning famous, but is also related to the verb celebra- uh, uh, celebrate, which means to honor something with the proper ritual. And I would say that putting some of these people in the NBA All-Star Game is honoring them with the proper ritual. When did they start doing this, like, all-star game like this? Is this a new thing? Uh, this has been around a while. I'm not sure how long it's been going on. It's been going on as long as I have been watching. I think there's a couple factors with making this so that there aren't, like, super big celebrities doing it this time. You never have, like, that many, like, A-listers. But, it, like, I feel like this year is really sparse. A part of it, I think, is just it's in Indianapolis, and that's not a super glamorous for people to go. Yeah. People to yeah. go. Um, you know, like there have been times, like I remember when it was in Toronto and like, they got a ton of just like Canadian celebrities were like, like, yeah, like we're repping Canada or like they've had it in, you know, more trendy cities and, and they've had more people. And I think also with the, um, with like the strikes that happened with the, uh, the actors, gotcha. especially yeah. since they like, they were all on strike for a while and now like a lot of them are working because the, the strike is over, but now that the strike is over, like everyone's kind of on a project, I guess. So it's probably a bit harder to book those people because it's a lot of like actors in terms of like who the biggest names typically here are. Um, you know, like I remember Kevin Hart won the MVP award a bunch. Um, but uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm kind of used to like, this being more like Justin Bieber, like I remember Anthony Anderson has done it in the past. Uh, Jamie Foxx, like this is not necessarily the the most star studded celebrity all star game. Okay, Arthur, you got like ten minutes ish to get us through why no. I should care about NASCAR. No, he's probably got about twenty because we we were talking for about. Either way, yeah. Give me. Well, give- we'll 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 get right into it here. Um, Let's go. So we've got. Uh, uh, so the Wisconsin is NASCAR back. season. The Wisconsin wow. is NASCAR season. Wow. We've got the Daytona 500 is this Sunday, right? So that's something NASCAR does. The biggest race of the year. That's the first one, and then they go through and do the whole season. 
Um, and that season, it is long. There's 36 races uh, plus an all-star race. And the way that they do this is they kind of break it up. So they have a regular season, which is the first 26 races, and then they have playoffs. Playoffs. And then the, somebody um, wins the Piston Cup. So so the Piston whole object <laughs> of the first 26 races is just you got to get into the playoffs and get yourself like a good, basically good seating. You want to have good, good points there. And then once you hit the playoffs, every three races, they eliminate drivers from the the championship. So, so why, then you're, why did they you're go, left why in the final race. That? You have four drivers. Why did they And then go whoever wins. Like, well, they went to this because for a couple reasons, they wanted to have it be more drama throughout the season. Right. So if you had a system where, I mean, like you look at formula one, right? Like Max Verstappen, it wins the championship super early in that. And NASCAR didn't want this. So, like it is impossible to win the championship before the last race. I mean, like it doesn't matter. You could win the first thirty-five races, and you'd still have like a one in four shot, basically, of of winning the championship in that final race. That's one reason. The other one, the other reason, there was like specifically a situation in uh, the two thousands when they came up with this, where there was the driver who won the championship didn't win a lot of races. Like he was just super consistent. Mm-hmm. And there was another driver that won more races, but was like more erratic and also had a lot of bad finishes. And people were just upset that like, oh, well, this dude won more races. Why didn't he win the championship? So they then changed the championship to make I, it. So you won a bunch like, of races. Was that the year that Matt Kenseth won the championship? Yep. yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So which, I, I am a NASCAR old head, which feels weird to say because I'm not that oh. old. Um, but I grew up watching NASCAR with my dad. I was and will die a Jeff Gordon fan. And I fucking hate the NASCAR playoffs, man. Um, playoffs? Yeah, it's uh, that's not how auto racing is supposed to work. This is some bullshit. No, but that's that, that's that's why my brain doesn't is not like processing this well because the idea of like yeah, if if you're the most consistent team, guess what? You should probably win the whole thing. That's that's to be fair. There is a little bit of like pro wrestling energy in NASCAR. Like it's about the showmanship too. Like Richard Richard Petty won his two hundredth race with Ronald Reagan in attendance. That was not an accident. Okay. Um, and I think some of it is like Matt Kenseth, to be fair to Matt Kenseth, he did, he was very consistent. He also was not one of the ones that had like a big fan base and wasn't a good heel either. So like, uh, you gotta have the plot. I'm not saying it's a setup. It's not a setup. It's not like WWE, but there's the like showmanship energy there. Okay. Okay. I get that. Yeah, no, I mean, and Matt, Matt Kenseth can, can have forever that, he won a championship in a way that broke people so much that they had to completely overhaul the championship. After I mean, like, like it, that's, like, that's pretty, which awesome. is a rare accomplishment. Yeah. Well, I feel like a lot of people can't, can't say that. Um, so I, um, want to talk about the teams. So here's how we're going to do this. Um, one of you, I guess, I, I don't know, whoever wants to just call out the teams down the list right. and we're going to do this lightning round, right? Let's, so I'm going to give a few sec- sentences on each team. All right. Uh, so someone. Go, Kamesh. All right, let's go. Hendrick Motorsports. So this is like the most storied team in terms of like who's won the most races. It's Hendrick Motorsports. Um, they're very much kind of the faces of NASCAR, right? So like they have kind of the most popular drivers in terms of like who wins a lot, who's going to have the most fan support at the tracks. Um, they're kind of like 
the New York Yankees or like the Duke Blue Devils, that sort of thing of NASCAR. And um, they had kind of a weird season last year where two of their drivers were really good, won a bunch of races. They were both in the championship four. And their other two drivers did not even make the playoffs and didn't win any races. They actually, both of their other two drivers had injuries that they dealt with and whole thing. But they're, they're going to have probably a different season because I can't see them having that poor season for two of their drivers again. Gotcha. Team Penske. Um, so they kind of sucked all of last year, right up until the last few races. And because of the NASCAR playoffs, the way they work, right? If you are start winning in the playoffs, but like you, you just barely make the playoffs. Then you start winning. Like you can win the championship. That's basically what they did with Ryan Blaney. So like, honestly, like all up until, yeah, all up until like the last few weeks of the season, everyone was talking about like, man, like team Penske's kind of slow this year. Like they don't have the speed. And then they just got hot those last few weeks and they won the championship with Ryan Blaney in the 12 car. Joe Gibbs racing. So yes, that's that Joe Gibbs, that's the guy right. who coached in the NFL for a long time. Wow. Uh, this is his retirement owning like one of the top teams in NASCAR. They are very, very good. Uh, all four of their drivers are going to have a shot to win on a regular basis. Um, and the, But the one interesting thing here is that they do have one of their drivers, Denny Hamlin, who now owns another team. So he's still driving for Joe Gibbs Racing, but he owns a different team. That feels So there's some weird. like weird, yeah, there's some weird, uh, so conflict I guess, of conflict interest. of interest uh, there all going. Right. Love it. Uh, track House Racing. Yeah, so this is the team that's co-owned by Pitbull. Dolly. And they are in an interesting situation because they have basically four drivers under contract right now. And they only have two spots. Like they only have two two cars that they operate, right? So they've contracted one of their drivers out to another team. And another one of those drivers is running in the Xfinity series, which is like the kind of, I don't want to so say is, it's like is the this minor like league. The Atlantic Charter and we're just like lend leasing drivers everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that's basically, it's like, you're under contract with our team, but you're going to race for the this. The drivers other team. went out on loan so, to Sheffield. So United. there's, but there's a lot of pressure for all of these drivers because it's like they only have two seats. They have four drivers. That doesn't add up math wise. So someone's, you know, you got to have a lot of pressure to perform if you want to be driving one of those track you house have to cars. Drive in somebody's lap. I, I like the fact that it's just basically they got a second string driver just staring at them over the pit wall, like like a second string second string QB. It's like, you're the clip, you're the clipboard oh, you, driver. Oh, the clipboard <laughs> driver. That's it. They already have the hat. Uh, twenty three XI racing. Yep, this is 2311 racing, right? Oh, so 2311. the 23 is, of course, Michael Jordan, who's one of the owners of this team. And then the XI, they like, I think they styled it that way because they they wanted to make it clear it was two different numbers, but it's 2311. The 11 I... is the number of Denny Hamlin, oh. who is the driver for Joe Gibbs Racing that owns the other team. So it's him and Michael Jordan that own this team. Um, and... I want to pronounce that 20 Thrixie very Trixie. badly. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, honestly, thought, this is thought... one of the only, the only way... Americans learn about Roman numerals is sports. So 23 XI uh, no, is, is also in the yeah. uh, celebrity game. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, this is, but yeah, this is a team on they the rise. They're very new. They're only a couple years old. And like last year, they put both of their drivers in the playoffs. And, you know, this is a team. They are just building a new headquarters and facility that is state of the art. Um, so this is a, that's a young team on the rise to, to watch out for. All right. We got Roush Fenway Keslowski Racing. That's a lot of names. Yeah, so everyone, we all just call this RFK Racing. RFK um, Racing. R- <laughs> RFK was yeah. there. 
Uh-oh, uh-oh. It, oh, no. It used to, so, like, it used to be Roush Racing, right? And then the Fenway Sports Group bought into the team. So that was Roush Fenway. And then Brad Keselowski, who's one of their drivers, he's an owner-driver, but he drives for the team he's a part owner in. Oh. Uh, they brought him in, and they just, at that point, they said, like, oh, there's, like, too many names, and they're we just, made like, you RFK a, racing. We made, you a, we made you a partner in the uh, racing law firm, and, and you can drive the car, too. Uh, yeah, no, and it's... um. Well, and it's also like this is a team that last year they had like kind of a breakthrough, kind of a bounce back where they had they'd been struggling for long, long, like multiple, multiple years. And so like last year was the like they were winning multiple races and it was kind of like a real resurgence that they hadn't seen in like a decade. Oh, all right. We got Richard Childress racing. Yeah, so this is a historic team. I mean, if you remember, like, Dale Earnhardt, he drove for this team. Um, they, right now, have kind of an interesting lineup because in one of their cars, they have the grandson of Richard Childress, the owner of the team. Oh. And in the other one, they have Kyle Busch, which is, like, it's a odd pairing. Oh, that and, is you know, they can go and win some races, and, you know, who knows what they can do um, because – it's kind of so up and they they were really up and down last year. And uh, yeah, I think they're a big question mark. Stuart Haas racing. Yeah. So like if you are familiar with F1, you know, Haas is kind of like, okay. Yeah. Like the, the back marker, the butt of jokes, like this is the same Haas, the, the same sponsor and owner of the team is, is that same Haas guy. Uh, and wouldn't you know, this team is also struggling, not unlike the F1 team. Uh, when they made their driver announcements this year at one of them, they said that uh, sponsorship was, quote, totally open on their cars for this year, which, you know, NASCAR teams are always looking to at sell sponsorship, but like, that's not really something super confidence inducing, you would say. Uh, you know, this team, they used to be really good. Uh, they were considered to be a powerhouse team. And with Kevin Harvick retiring, they're going into this year with a driver lineup that has combined for one career NASCAR Cup Series race win. So, nice. um, yeah. It's, uh, JTG yeah. Doherty Racing. Yep. So this is the other team that's co-owned by a former NBA player. This is co-owned by former NBA player Brad Doherty. Hot Rod. And... Uh, this team is, they, they won the Daytona 500 last year. So they won wow. that and they're looking to defend their crown this year. Uh, they're a small team, only one car, but uh, they, you know, had a really good year last year. Front row motorsports. This is another smaller team. They do run two cars, but this is a small team. They don't have the resources that the big teams have, but they really punch above their weight. They've won multiple races over the past few years and you know, they, they do the best that they can do with what they have. And sometimes that's real impressive. Dynaco. I'm sorry. Legacy motor club. <laughs> yeah. Legacy motor club. So this is Richard Petty's team, that's uh, but there's, there's a couple other co-owners that have been brought into this team. So Jimmy Johnson is in here and uh, also the CEO of Allegiant airlines and they 
came together, they changed the name to Legacy Motor Club, which is like, I don't know, it's mm. trying to sound fancy or something. This is uh, NASCAR driver Jimmy Johnson, not I was just going to ask, wow, he's doing Yes, yes, not that. There's only one former NFL coach in NASCAR. Do we know that those are different people? Have we ever seen them in the same place at the same time? They are. The football coaches got way better hair. I have I have only met one of them. So. Okay. Well, yeah. So oh, sorry. Legacy Legacy Motor Club. They're switching from Chevy to Toyota oh, for this year. It's a big one. So uh, yeah. Spire Motorsports. So they're adding a third car. Uh, so that third car is going to be driven by the driver that is under contract with Trackhouse. They're lending them out there. But Spire is a young team. They're growing. They're investing. They not only are investing to run this third car. They also bought a truck series team over the off season. So they're, I mean, they've got a lot of money coming in and, and they're really looking to, to get bigger. Easily the hardest name to pronounce in Yenzer. Uh, we have, uh, then we have Rusty's, I'm sorry, Wood Brothers Racing. Yeah, so Wood Brothers Racing, this is another very historic team. Um, they only run one car. They've been running that car forever. I mean, like, my whole lifetime and way before that, uh, they basically run as like a satellite team with Team Penske. So Team Penske handles a lot of uh, technical stuff. The thing because they're a small team, like they don't have the resources to do it. Uh, so they're they're basically kind of operating as like a like mostly Team Penske, but legally a separate team. Right. Legally, uh, but distinctly legal. Yeah. I I, I want to like I almost said this is Car Luigi Racing. But <laughs> I, I, I can't even pronounce it, man. Colleague Racing. Yep, we got Colleague Racing. Okay. So this is Colleague. this team. I mean, honestly, they, they seem like they are kind of like having some money problems right now because they uh, came into this year as like, oh, like we need to find some drivers that bring their own sponsorship. Like we don't have enough sponsorship behind us. Oh. They had a driver last year, AJ Allmendinger, who ran full season for them and won a race. And they said that like, oh, like, you know, like we can't afford to, to keep him around. Like we need we need drivers who bring sponsorship in the car. Um, so, you know, that it's kind of a question mark as far as how they'll perform. You know, that's kind of a red flag that they're just looking for sponsors in a driver. Like you usually want a team that's looking for a good driver in terms of that their results and stuff but uh point of order where is paul menard and what is he up to because this seems like a match made in heaven i have no idea he's been retired for a long time okay <laughs> it's like like at least i want to say like five years um, uh, for the record for the listeners uh paul menard is of the save big money at menards and has been sponsored yes. by no, there's... the save big money at menards for his entire career <laughs> there's a ton of menard sponsorship in nascar mm-hmm but not it's he's he's retired now okay. so it's it's now dispersed among other drivers all right the final team that we have listed is is rick ware racing Woo! yeah so rick oh, ware racing is one. seemingly on a quest to like run a team in every series in america um like their teams just pop up everywhere and they're typically not that good i mean their nascar team is the worst team in the field now uh, but they have been making gains. They were able to actually go out and hire a full-time driver this year for one of their cars, which is an improvement. Uh, you know, in the past, it's sort of been just whoever can bring money that weekend will be in the car. Um, and one of their cars now will have full-time driver in there. 
And that, uh, so, and that segment was brought to you by Duke Coulter's Hoodache Powder. So I want to talk quickly here. Um, <laughs> recommendations for like how should you get into NASCAR? So the number one thing I say, like if you're thinking like, oh, I'm going to watch on TV, like you really don't have to be locked in on the whole season on every race, even on most races, right? Generally, I feel like NASCAR is a good sport to follow on social media. Okay. So if you find so there's some good Twitter accounts, um, you know, people like like Bob Pockers, people like Jeff Gluck, who covers uh, NASCAR for The Athletic, um, you can find people like that. And then, you know, if something interesting or good happens, then you can know to tune in and then you know, you can see that because honestly, like a lot of the time, a lot of the races, like it isn't that exciting. NASCAR is the sport where a lot of times it's, it is just people driving in circles, but anytime something crazy could happen. And that's kind of the selling point right there. Uh, the other thing I would say is that uh, if you want to say like, oh, how do I get into NASCAR? I would say like, just go to a race, right? And this is where NASCAR has a big advantage over Formula One, because in Formula One, you have to go to a race. There's like three of them, I think, in the U.S., and they're all super expensive. You can go to a NASCAR race for much cheaper. Uh, there are 36 of them in the U.S., so there's probably a NASCAR race closer to you than there is a Formula One race. And you know, you can go. The one thing I, I would say, definitely you want to have some sort of hearing protection because the cars are loud. Um, and my other advice, if you're attending a race, is you can actually rent a scanner. Worth it. Which is a device that lets you basically listen into all the communication yep. between the driver and all of the team. That's right. Cool. So you're basically, it's like being in the huddle. I mean, like, mm -hmm. imagine if you could go to a football game and listen in on all the like the plays they're sending the quarterback yeah i mean that's basically what it's like anytime like a driver gets pissed or something or there's yeah. drama going on like you can hear it all completely unfiltered. i mean they give you like a guide uh when you get mm -hmm. one of those and you can rent one of those it's, it's amazing you could just change the channels and and, and then so, some of the drivers are really not entertaining on the radio at all uh but you could find like a good channel i think one that i I tuned in when I went to the one, my only NASCAR race, which was Talladega in uh, I think 2013. Uh, but like, really, it was um, it, it was very entertaining to do that. We were uh, on the infield in an RV. It was insane. Um, I'm probably never doing that again. But uh, just it was. Just you you are too old for that shit, my friend. Uh, that was basically after that weekend. I was like, I I need to settle down. It is time. I am. I am done. I was drinking moonshine with mellow yellow. Um, yep. Oh I was, God! Yep. I was sleeping in an RV. I was. I mean, it was just like I'm. I'm done with the. It, it's time to settle down. <laughs> yeah. I will. I will co-sign everything Arthur said as someone who has attended several NASCAR races and also IndyCar races, which we are not. We have not talked about, but which are also super fun and like lean broadly speaking more nascar than f1 in terms of like race day experience lots of fun the other thing that's cool if you get a scanner is that you can listen to the like radio broadcast but like inside the racetrack so you don't get the ads you get to listen to them like talk when it's supposed to be dead air um which is very entertaining um ha yeah 
NASCAR is a lot more fun in person if you like watch it on TV and you're like, oh, this is boring. Like you don't really like fully internalize how fast they're going until you are there and like this like thundering herd goes past you at 200 miles an hour. Strong recommend. Pocono is a lot of fun in particular and a really nice venue for those of you who are in my neck of the woods. Um, but I have also been to Dover, Bristol, RIP Nazareth, and Talladega. So, and I'm probably forgetting something. So, would would recommend. Cool. Okay. Arthur, thank you so much for getting us in there. And that's I another that's... episode of the Wiscoozy. Wiscoozy. What should I watch and why should I watch it? That's right. Okay, y'all. That's what we got for tonight. We will talk to you on the other side. Have a good one. Go week. Curve. Go curve. Martinsville. I forgot Martinsville. Steve. Love the paperclip. <laughs>